Hello, and welcome to another episode of I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. In today's podcast, I'm joined by Camille Saluje, who moved here from South Africa about 10 years ago. He shares his story about growing up in Johannesburg and uh, one of the more violent neighborhoods in that area and why he came here. And uh, he also shares about apartheid, what that was. Um, the abolishment of apartheid in 1994 under Nelson Mandela. His grandfather worked with Nelson Mandela as uh, the external affairs minister. I think I'm getting that correct. So anytime uh, a celebrity came, his grandfather would meet with him, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, and he uh, he's moving back to South Africa and he shares sort of his insights on some of the movements that are going on around the world, covid uh, and it was just a really good conversation and I'm excited to share it with you. So thank you for listening and, uh, hope you enjoy. Bye now. All right. Today I'm joined by Kamil Saluje. We, uh, we got some of this scotch here. Glendaloo. That's good stuff. That's pretty yeah. smooth. Yeah. So we're talking today about, um, well, with everything going on in the States, Right with uh, with the with the Black Lives Matter movement with COVID, um, perhaps there's mm-hmm. there's different perspectives and there's different histories um, from countries that that we can learn from. And Kamil is uh, is really from South Africa, born and raised there, and South Africa has a pretty long going history with race and government policies around that. Um, in 1940, 1948, 1948, they introduced apartheid. Can you explain kind of what that was? So apartheid was um, the segregation of races. So they um, basically what happened was um, white people had a lot more, a lot more rights mm. as opposed to non-whites. So it wasn't whites and blacks, it was whites and non-whites. And um, so, for example, whites could go to better hospitals, have better schooling, get better education. Um, or when non-blacks were not allowed to do those things. Or non, sorry, non-whites were not allowed to do those things. Um, uh, apartheid um, ended up segregating all each race into different groups. Mm. So they had um white communities and they had black communities they had colored communities and they had indian communities and um each race lived in those groups right and they were not supposed to be outside of those groups unless it was i think at one point they had to work inside the areas as well but if they got a job outside they had to get um almost a passport to like a working in, visa. Basically, yeah, right. to be working in that area or to be in that area. Oh, okay. Um, so if a black person needed to work as a domestic worker in, or maid in a white area, they had a pass. They, we, they, we used to call it a dom pass, which translates to stupid pass. Mm. But it was basically a work visa in the white area. And were those, were those only issued for working in the white areas? 
Um, I'm not too sure if it was working like in an Indian area or right. as well, or if those kind of just more fell off. I have no idea, mm. but um, I know definitely if they were working in a white area, they needed a pass. And I imagine that at this time during apartheid, the white communities, like you're saying, had more of the wealth. Yeah. No. Um. I mean, again, you're going to have like a middle class and low class, white, whatever, but generally white people were a little bit more wealthier than non-whites because they had opportunities to better jobs and better education and stuff, right? So with that comes better positions um, in life. And and, and why, why in South Africa did the whites get better jobs and more money, do you think? Um... Well, for at one point they were the ones that were allowed to get the better jobs and uh, better positions. Um, you wouldn't see black a black person in a management position. So I think during apartheid it was unseen, unheard of. They weren't allowed to. And and I assume that most people in government at this time they were all white people. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I've, I I wrote about this in one of my uh, blog posts. It's that. When whoever's in power, they're going to influence the voters, mm -hmm. right? So when you just have one group with all the power, they're going to continue to stay in power mm -hmm. because they're able to keep getting the votes, right? Well, in South Africa, um, non-whites are not allowed to vote. Mm. And obviously that's... Um, so, so anybody who was... So that includes colored... Black Indian. Yep, not allowed to vote. Well, that um, makes it a bit of a problem, doesn't <laughs> it? Right? Yeah. 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 Um, in, so, in 1990, when Nelson Mandela was released from prison, yeah. um, there was, I think that was when, the, just after the elections, Nelson Mandela was released from prison, and um, the new president of the country was made mention that they were allowed to vote non-whites to vote okay so the, and this is in 1990 1990 yeah wow so not uh, that long ago 30 not, years. yeah 30 years ago like that. um they may mention that they will allow non-whites to vote in the next elections right which was 1994 and that's when apartheid ended in 1994 so so in 1994 nelson mandela was voted the president Okay, and yeah. then he got rid of apartheid. Yeah, then well, yeah, basically that's as, as soon as it it's the we have democratic parties, right? So they you elect um, the party. Yes. So uh, like they, that was the ANC, yeah. which is still in president right now. It, it, the ANC. Yeah, which is National Af uh, African National Congress. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're still in power till today. Okay. Like, and yes. and are they doing well? <laughs> There's, um, uh, no, they're not doing well. They're, um, there's so much corruption in government. Mm -hmm. There's, yeah, there's, it's, the ANC is terrible and they should have, they should have been voted out a long time ago, but there's, um, a lot, I think a lot of it is loyalty to the ANC, especially amongst all the people, right? It's a loyalty to the ANC. Right. Um, because this is the party they got us out of, out of apartheid. So there's, there's, there's lots of loyalty towards ANC. Is there fear that if another party were to get in, that apartheid would be reinstated? 
I don't think in today's world apartheid could happen again. But yeah. the is uh, the party has a lot of power to make the different different choices in inside the country, right? So um, there could be issues. Mm. So there is there is a fear like there is um, uh, parties that are predominantly white in South Africa still that would be a questionable choice, you know? Right. Uh, but almost is, like like you know extreme right people yeah, here. Yeah. 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 So what are, they, what are they called? Um, I don't even know the name of their, their party actually. I'm not even sure. Yeah. Um, are they are they almost like? Would you compare them to say like Nazis? I wouldn't compare. Maybe I not that extreme. Them, yeah, not that extreme. Okay. I wouldn't compare them to Nazis, but yeah. they're um, definitely uh, more for like whites. I think it's the same. I th- it might be the same party that was in power in South Africa in apartheid that they still kind of kick around, or one that is like that. I'm not even too sure. Right, right. I mean, I've been out of there for ten year, almost ten years. Yes. Now, so yeah. Been, right. So. Yeah. Um. But, for, like for now, the only the I think the main ones is ANC and um the DA. Those the ones that are mostly competing. DA. Yeah. Is that Dem- Democratic Alliance? Yes. Ooh, wow, that was a good guess. Yes. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. So, so essentially, you have a, a, a two-party country. Um, no, it's um, the majority is always ANC. It's always been ANC. Right. But the two, the two strongest parties are DA and right. ANC. ANC obviously always winning, but DA yeah. is the next one that. If anybody would not vote for ANC, most likely they would vote for DA. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Okay. And but but again, because of corruption, it almost seems like the ANC is always going to keep winning. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who is the current? Is it a president? Yeah. Who is the current president? Um, his name is Cyril Ramaphosa. Okay. Um, he seems to be doing an okay job. Um, much better than our previous president. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, Jacob Zuma. No. Oh man, Jacob Zuma. He's just a, he, he's he was a case and a half. He's he done so much corrupt stuff. He was involved in so much corruption in the country, mm. and um, yeah, it was it was bad. Um, and and when when we talk about corruption, are we talking about like like extortion of money? Oh yeah, like buying like a like like a thirty million dollar house. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's <laughs> Um, yeah, I know he's like, yeah, he's got a lot of like weird things and he's the guy's, he's actually not like, he's not a smart guy. He's pretty dumb. He's not really mm. very well educated. Um, there's videos of him, like, like everyone made, making fun of him because there was one thing, um, uh, he went like in a, in a speech, he went to say in the, uh, the, the beginning but he's like in the beninging, in and he's like trying to say it. Yeah, like, yeah. in the bening, in the beninging. Oh, he, he kept trying to go. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And there's another one of him trying to like read numbers, mm. and mm. like so you know like maybe you get like a six figure number, you can't read the six figure number, right, right. you know. Um, so. so there's a a lot of whatever this is, right? Same <laughs> number, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, he's so, but Cyril Ramaphosa is, he's a little bit better. Um, is he, is he aware, like, does he identify the corruption? Does he talk about it? Uh, he does not talk about it, no. Um, 
which always kind of makes me skeptical. Yeah, no, for right. sure. Um, yeah. He's very quiet. He's like just really quiet. He comes on TV once in a while, and well, he's been doing it now at least once a month to address the nation for about the COVID or whatever. Right. right. And they came up with a really good plan, like a five-phase plan to drop to drop COVID out or whatever, right? Similar to here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. similar to here. Um, they're in, I think, phase three right now. Okay. Um, but it's funny because every country and every province in Canada is different. Like, it goes one, two, three, four, five, and five is normal. And other ones go five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, where are we? Right? Like, so... Um, yeah, five being the worst and one being the best. Yeah, kind of thing. I think five here in BC is us being like, okay, we're good to we're go. Good to go, which okay. is kind of confusing. Yeah, it is kind of confusing. When you think of DefCon Five, like, <laughs> the president's dead, right? Like, yeah, five, right. So, well, that, I so he's he's addressed that issue now, and we've talked about there's sort of these five major racial groups. In South Africa, yeah, I would say I would probably say four black, four colored, yeah. whites, and Indians. When, you, what do you mean by colored in Africa? So col- in South Africa, um, colored um, is what I would say is many many generations of black and white mixed. Right. So if you imagine um, uh, a black and a white person get together and they have a baby, and their mm-hmm. baby meets a baby from. Or like gets baby from another person that right. is also mixed like that, right? So it's right. become many many generations of that with a little bit of things like thrown in between, like yeah, well, yeah, sprinkle yeah, like India, you, you know, like spicy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a little bit of like you know, touch of black, sprinkle Indian, you know, right. like so it's a little bit of um, more mixing or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would generally be the color race is where yeah. mostly black and white mix is what you would, they would say, right? Right. Yeah. Now, and uh, I, I'm obviously, I'm clearly a white person. Uh, in in places like the United States and in Canada, we usually refer to you know someone who's black, right? Instead of saying they're an African Canadian or they're an African American, because they might be from the Caribbean mm-hmm. or they might be from Britain, right? Mm-hmm. They could be from anywhere. Mm-hmm. So to say, you know, they're an African. Canadian, it's sort of like, well, that's actually not where I'm from. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, which category do you fall under? Um, so, most people would see me in South Africa as colored. Right. Yeah. They would see me as a colored person. Um, Is that what you would identify as? Like, I don't know um, how you say that. Probably. Yeah. No, I would definitely say if we're going to be classified, we, I would say colored person. I right. disagree with everybody being classified. But, yes. Yeah. Um, but at, at one point, that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. At the uh, end of the day, I would end up getting classified as colored. Right. Now, when you're in South Africa, you're friends with everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have. Yeah. I have a white friend. That's good. You got one. It's good. He's, he's represented. Um, now, since apartheid was abolished in 1994, is, is there still a lot of prejudice in South Africa? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. And I think that stems back from everybody being classified and being sorted into right. their own racial groups. Um, so now inside those communities you're building hatred towards 
anybody outside of the communities you know or not really building hatred but just um getting growing weary of them say you know they're outsiders they're outsiders yeah yeah you know it's like somebody comes into my townhouse complex who's this guy you know like so it's kind of like that they accept it's like a whole suburb or whatever or area you know um so people do they have grown like at the end now i think what's what's happened a bit is um children are being taught like um a white person is like that a black person is like that you know um so it's it's kind of it, it's kind of it doesn't really end because you have these people here that have grown up with like being segregated you know like uh, my parents were segregated i wasn't like though i was right at the end of apartheid right um so i have no i have no clue so if my parents like had me in the area and told me that um like black people are like this or like white people are like that like that's what i was going to be listening to you know so they they my black my parents are not like that they're they're very more that's where i get my views from right, you know right. so um yeah i think it is it is still carrying on because these people are being taught and fair enough you know what a lot of them were oppressed a lot of them were treated very very fairly unfairly um and yeah they've been beaten by the cops they've been tossed around like families been killed and stuff mm. because of apartheid you know like um my grandfather was exiled out of south africa he was beaten he was tortured by the government um by police and stuff so um because I, your your grandfather yeah worked very closely with uh, nelson mandela Is yeah that correct yeah he did he was um he worked for he was in charge of Nelson Mandela's international affairs. Yeah. Um no 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 small deal, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah, he's um there's quite a history with uh, my grandfather Nelson Mandela. This um I got pictures of my grandfather Nelson Mandela and you see a bunch of bodyguards sitting behind the two of them and stuff, right? It's pretty cool. Um so in charge of the international affairs would mean so when in anytime somebody comes outside of the country from from outside of the country to visit Nelson Mandela or to meet Nelson Mandela they would have to go through my grandfather right so when uh, Muhammad Ali came to come and meet uh, Nelson Mandela it was all dealt through with my grandfather and this um even a picture of Nelson Mandela Muhammad Ali and my grandfather wow yeah, <laughs> yeah. what what year was that oh this well this would be in the early 90s after apartheid ended right Right, so I'm not too sure what year, but somewhere around the early nineties. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so, how? When? When was your grandfather exiled? Okay, so um, it would probably be in the seventies or early eighties that he was exiled. Right. Because, well, um. Uh, Excuse me, Nelson Mandela. He was arrested and he was put in jail for twenty-seven years. I think yeah, twenty-seven years. But your grandfather was able to get out. Yeah. And he moved to Canada. Yeah, yeah. He was exiled, and Canada accepted him in and his family in as uh, like refugees, basically. Right. right. Um, he was my grandfather was with I think two other people when they got when they got exiled. 
one person, his name is Amit Timor, he's quite, uh, quite famous, he's even a little area in, in South Africa in Joburg, it's, it's called uh, Amit Timor Square, or not, sorry, it is an Amit Timor building or something like that, right? But, um, yeah, now Amit Timor got thrown off the building. Oh, he was assassinated. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So he was thrown off the building, made it look like, I think it made it look like a suicide. Um, this we have like a whole bunch of books on the uh, Amatimo books. Right. Similar in the lounge, but um, yes, and my grandfather and the other guy got exiled out of the country. Yeah. So, th this guy who was assassinated, was he was he like Nelson Mandela? Like what what did he do? Was he just another civil rights advocate? Yeah. Anti-apartheid. Yeah, advocate. yeah, basically. That's yeah. that's kind of what they did. Freedom fighters. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. um yeah, that's what you could call them. But it was all mostly peaceful protest, correct? Um, for the most part, I mean there comes a point where um nobody can hear peace anymore. Mm. So um there were a few violent protests. There was um things being blown up. You know, um, then they would call it terrorism acts, right? Against the government, you know. Right. So, so the government would be killing protesters, or was it? Uh, yeah, kind of both ways. Yeah, it was. Um, this what is it called? I think it's Heritage Day. Um, there was a bunch of school kids uh, protesting outside the school. Not violent, but. This is more just before. This is even just before violent protests actually actually started. Yeah. Uh, this was one of the first things that was like really shocked South Africans. So these were all school kids, and um, they were protesting. And there's a there's a gate, and I guess they were shaking the gate and stuff. And one of the police officers opened fire, and shot. I think it was a sixteen year old boy, and. Um, that started a spiral of more violent protests, mm -hmm. right? Um, but that's the yeah, heritage day is even a public holiday in South Africa, and that and that was the day when this this sixteen year old was killed. Yeah, and it's sort of the anti apartheid movement really picked up speed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is probably in the seventies. This happened. I believe so. I believe it would be seventies. 80s somewhere around the yeah. early 70s I think yeah okay yeah and and I guess in, in the sense that you know it picked up speed that it became more of like a an upheaval in, in like a riot yeah yeah, oh, yeah it became what yeah. it became a riot it was a lot of kids were killed that day um I can't remember the exact numbers this is something that we taught at school as well but you know you just kind of can't remember yeah. these things yeah. anymore um like like yeah they tell us the kid's name and how many kids were killed and everything as well right but it was it, it was a big thing like mostly te like teenagers like 16 oh yeah no it was high school right it was high school oh, kids man. so it was all high school kids that were killed um and they happened to be a, f a photographer at the protest right so there was pictures taken of what happened right and were these students black students yeah right yeah And then how long did it last like this for? All these protests? Yeah. Um, oh, I would say this probably went on until apartheid ended. Really? Yeah. Wow. There's, there, I mean, um, there was a lot of uh, 
like the, if there was a protest, it was quick, violent retaliation from the government, right? Right. So they would they would put it down, right? Yeah. Would, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess people were a little bit more hesitant to fight against the cops, right? Uh, but more then, right? So it was it would have to be a more serious thing for it to become a yeah. riot or a protest. But something would happen. Yeah, and then boom, a riot again. Somebody yeah. would get killed, mm -hmm. another riot. Yeah, not necessarily unlike what is going on in the United States, correct? Yeah, you know, they, we, there's these kind of these cooling periods, and then there's this like we got to make a change. Yeah, right. And with George Floyd, he's killed, and now here we are again. Mm -hmm. it, it went from there was a bit of a cooling. And now we're into this again. Yeah. So it almost seems like it's there's a similar trajectory that this is just going to keep happening until there is change. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. No, I definitely. Was apartheid successful? Um, do you mean ending apartheid was successful? Excuse or? me. <laughs> yes. Whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ending apartheid. What does apartheid mean? Um, I'm not sure exactly what it translates to, yeah. but it's, it, it's, um, I think it, it might be something to do with the segregation of right. races or something like that, you know? But it's a word in, is it like a, uh, like an Afrikaans word? It, I think originally it is an Afrikaner word, <clears throat> or maybe Dutch, but, um, mm. it's now, Regular, yes. Right? Like yeah. It's now yeah. just like yeah. an English one, yeah. basically. Yeah. So, in ending apartheid, yeah, <laughs> has that been successful? Um. Well. Well, it is. Yes and no. I mean, mm. there is, like, definitely everybody's free now. You right. Can, I can go into white area. Um. In fact, a few of the white areas are now black areas. Or, right. Not really black areas, but. Not yeah. really white areas anymore, you know, mixed. very mixed, very, right. very mixed, yeah. right. So, um, in that sense, yeah, it has, it has improved there, but there's a lot of other problems um, with the part of the ending as well. Mm. Um, like we have corrupt, corrupt government, right? Right. Um, we have police that are underpaid taking bribes. We have... Um, system that's falling apart you know mm. um, education education system that's falling apart so there's a lot of other issues um, and it's too bad because it's actually really it's a it's it's a beautiful nation but it's still a growing nation um, it's not it's not ready yet it's, it needs to grow a little bit more you know so there's a lot of things that need, that needs work tons and tons of things so in a sense it, it is it definitely it's not Definitely is good that it ended, um, but um, we need a little bit. We need a government that is actually in control. Right. This government that is not in control of anything anymore is creating a lot more problems. Like our crime rate is insane, you know. Mm. So we do need more control. We need the government to come and take control of the things that are bad in the country. So. Yeah. Um, it's good and it's not, right? Right. Yeah. Because, yeah. and, and my knowledge on this is amateur at best, but what's happening in places like the United States, you know, and Canada for that matter, is <clears throat> there's a dominant group, mm -hmm. right? 
white people, whatever you want to call them, in the United States. And then there's black people, <clears throat> there's Latinos, right? And they've all been, like, in the States, they have the same rights, but the communities that they live in are, you know, they're, they're poverty stricken. Mm -hmm. And this is systemic, meaning that, you know, after World War II, families came home from serving, you know, fighting against uh, a, a racist regime, the mm -hmm. Nazis. And there was a GI Bill, and white families were given money to buy houses, but black families were specifically not given money. Hmm. So where did they go? Hmm. Cheap housing. Yeah. And when you talk to some people, you know, and you ask them, like, it, for me, I can be like a bit of an undercover cop, right? Because I hear some of the shit that white people say. And, you know, not to be a snitch or anything, but I'm like, okay, well, well, why do you think that? And then you hear some pretty crazy explanations like, well, not to be a racist, but they all live in cheap housing, mm -hmm. right? Why is that? Yeah. That's the example right there. Mm -hmm. It's not because of something that is within them as, as a people, a culture. It's just that's what's been created for them, mm -hmm. right? So... Not unlike apartheid, where they kept whites and all the other races separate. Mm -hmm. But we're seeing that here, but the language is different. Mm. Is that true? Um, it's just, it, it was a lot more strict. Yeah, it was, it was very, it was very explicit. It, well, it was law. Yeah. Right? So yeah. It, was, it was law, and if you broke the law, you would be punished. And what and what were some of the punishments for this? Oh well, people were, most of the time the cops would beat them, take them back to their to their neighborhood, drop them, just leave them in the area again. You right. Know? Um, sometimes they would get arrested. It depends. It depends on what they did and who the cop is. Just like. But if you're black, colored Indian, and you're in a white neighborhood when you shouldn't be. Um, you would most likely get beaten and taken to jail. That's so fucked up, right? <laughs> yeah. And you have kids. Um, there's a kid in the United States. I, I, I'm drawing a blank on the name, but the, this, there's this guy, George Zimmerman, who's following this kid. And he's just walking home like it's a dark night. And it's fucking scary being a black person in a white neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I, I don't know that, but people have told me that. Like. Mm. Like, you know, in the States. I don't know what these people are going to do, right? Mm -hmm. And this kid was walking through, and this guy came up and fought him and killed him. Huh. Right? And he got off. And he didn't get, he didn't serve a day in jail. Holy. Right? Yeah. How is that any different than what's kind of was going on with apartheid? It's not. It's, it's racism. It's, it's just racism. So how do you think, and this, you know, if you had the answer, you'd be a billionaire, but mm -hmm. what do you think the solution is for things like racism? Um, I think things need to be equal. Um, like your rights need to be equal. Because even in the States right now, it's happening where, like you said, black person doing the same crime as a white person will get charged more, mm -hmm. you know? 
it needs to be equal rights for everybody regardless of their right or regardless of the skin color of their skin or yeah or where they grew up or whatever they they should be given equal opportunities right. um same goes with south africa right now they have um a thing called bee um bee is basically allowing um black people um giving them more opportunities to get careers and get places in jobs right. where people that are not black wouldn't be have that same opportunity um so a white person wouldn't have that same opportunity so for example um when it comes to the grades that they need in get it to get into college or university a black person would need less less grades than a, than a white person right or an indian or a colored person um hmm. initially it's something that makes sense because they try to level out the workforce yeah but now it's just it's carried on for way too long and now you get a lot of colored and indian people that can't get into college because their grades are not above 75 or 80% you know where they've been trying just as hard and working just as hard as right. a black person. so it's not equal it's not equal yeah. no um i don't think that's i i i think it all should always be equal opportunities anybody whether you're black, white, colored, mm-hmm. Indian, Asian, doesn't matter. You should have the same opportunity as um the blackest or the whitest person that's yeah. in the room, you know? Well, it's the same as like TV shows. Like, you ever watch TV shows and there's like they have to show you a gay couple and you're like, "Okay, like I get it." Yeah. Instead of just trying to force people to accept difference or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like let's face it on a meritocracy. You don't get the job just because you're xyz you get the job because you're the best person for the job yeah right yeah and it shouldn't be based on grades because you know uh i'd be cleaning dishes at mcdonald's still if it was based on grades yeah I, i wasn't good at school yeah yeah but i found my way yeah right we all find our way yeah and we can we can do things that make sense to us that implement our skills that maybe somebody else who was a straight a student can't do mm-hmm. right So I agree with you that it's about a meritocracy. It shouldn't be because, you know, you're a transgender uh from space or whatever. You know what I mean? It should not matter where you're from. Yeah. It should matter what you're able to do. Mm-hmm. Because it almost seems like if we just cater to one group, then that kind of can make the other groups resentful mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Right? If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I mean it's all about being inclusive but not doing it just for the sake of being inclusive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's interesting in entertainment, you know, you watch that you have people like uh you know, you have Dave Chappelle, right? Mm. The the stand-up comedian and what's going on with Black Lives Matter, everybody's like, "Dave Chappelle, what's going on? Why does he have to be the spokesperson for anybody?" Yeah. That would be like if uh you know a white kid got killed and they all went to uh Bradley Cooper <laughs> and they were like, "Hey Bradley Cooper, how do you think about this?" You know, well, I don't fucking know, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, or or if I was the only white person in a country 
and there was crazy shit happening in Canada. Yeah. And people came up to me and they all asked, hey, you know what's happening with this? You know what's happening? Like, man, I don't know. <laughs> right? It's just, it's interesting how we choose to see things. Mm-hmm. Right? And we, we see one thing and we think that that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Um, really... It's really interesting what's that we end up going to certain people for certain things. Yeah. You know? But then you think back in uh, apartheid days, um, Nelson Mandela was a spokesperson, you know? Or Malcolm X was a spokesperson, you know? Right. Um, I think it's just something for me more where the, the wisdom and the advice would come from. Right. 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 So that's kind of where, yeah, like for me, if Nelson Mandela was, was talking, I wouldn't be listening to Nelson Mandela. Like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but even Dave Chappelle said, he's like, you know, let everybody else speak. Okay. Right? Yeah. And I, I think we, correct me on this one, but we attribute, we lean a little too much to celebrities mm-hmm. to hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. When really, everybody's already speaking on this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What I kind of have a problem with is when we try to have these conversations, and they're never going to be smooth, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, let's talk about white privilege. Let's talk about, you know, Black Lives Matter, X, Y, Z, whatever it might be, Me Too movement, Mm -hmm. right? It's going to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because we're having to look within ourselves. What becomes a problem is when they say things like Black Lives Matter and I'm asking questions and somebody calls me a racist, which hasn't happened yet. But apparently that's what a lot of, you know, white folk are telling me. They're like, well, if everyone says I'm a racist. Well, there is a problem with that, right? Because anybody who might be a little bit radical, that's going to make them go the other way. Mm -hmm. Just like in the Me Too movement, that if you call somebody, you know, a guy who's trying to get a date with a girl a pervert, you're going to lose people trying to help you out mm-hmm. right yeah so i guess my question is is how do we encourage the conversation um how do we encourage that like thinking about the me too because it is a touchy subject yeah there was a lot of fake claims happening yeah you know so it does become a sensitive subject right um do I agree that everybody should be posting me too, me too, me too on Facebook saying that I was whatever happened to yeah, me? Something like, assaulted, yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that happened to me as well. Um, I don't agree with that. I think that is something that you need to talk to someone that is going to help you and give you advice on mm-hmm. it. That's, that's the way it should be. Um, is sexual abuse a problem? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. And um, it's something that needs to be dealt with. Um I think it needs like it needs to be one of a lot more serious, seriously punishable. Yeah, it's not, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, you know, and this is coming from, uh, you know, I, I own a uh, an eighty pound pit bull. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not at risk of being sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. and I'm not at risk of someone being racist towards me. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So I'm not the best person to say, well, you know, I disagree with that because that is just not what I'm saying. Yeah. What I am saying is I want to be as helpful as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I'm going to need you to tell me how to be as helpful <laughs> as possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that when we, you know, when some people say like, well, you know, you're, you're racist, you don't get it or, or you're a pervert or whatever. Not saying that that's what anybody's doing, but that can make it lose its power, right? Mm -hmm. It's momentum, mm -hmm. you know, and then people question the, the, uh, authenticity of the movement, mm -hmm. right? So did you hear about that, that comedian who Chris D'Elia? No. And he's talking to like 16 year old girls. No. Yeah. Like that's messed up. Yeah. No, that is sick. Right? It's sick. So, but then you, then you have all these celebrities speaking up like, wow, that's so wrong. That's so wrong. Like, yeah. you know, stop trying to save your own ass. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So when it comes to sexual abuse and things like that, there, I am, and maybe it's a South African in me, the fighting nation in mm. me, but when I hear about something like that happening, um, I want to be violent. Yeah. It's something that needs to be punished where somebody needs a good beating. They, yeah. That they will never ever want to do that again. Yeah. Um, that's what I think about um, sexual abuse. Um, some people say, no, it must be for the law, blah, 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 blah. Um, I don't think the law does enough. I think they get out way too easily. They sit in protective custody inside mm. prison because if they're outside anywhere else, they're going to get beaten. Right. Um, so they have, they're sitting in protective custody in prison, um, relatively safe. Um, and then you get out in a few years when this person's... Yeah, they've entirely, ruined someone's life. Yeah, they've ruined someone's yeah. life. And um, it would almost be better to leave them for dead because you don't leave them with the mental right. abuse of being sexually abused. Yeah. You know? Um... So I think that it needs to be something that is more seriously punished. Take them out of protective custody in prison. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, that's like sexual assault is just such like a, I, I can't imagine because I have a daughter, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so I could be all liberal and say, yeah, they need to go to jail. Someone ever fucking, you know, yeah, yeah. did that to my daughter. Yeah. Well, I shoot them in the face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this is probably, this is incriminating, but anyways, <laughs> right? I agree with you. Yeah. And, and that's the problem is that, you know, Morgan Freeman, somebody said, oh, Morgan Freeman said I had a nice ass or something like that. And then he got into trouble, mm -hmm. right? That is not the same. No, no, it's not. Right? And, and, and that's, that's kind of what I'm saying is that we need to like, classify. you need to make like what happened to Bill Cosby or what happened to... Uh, there's an owner of like some massive clothing chain. He's a Canadian. He mm. was sexually assaulted women. Okay. That's it. Game over for you. Yeah. Right? Life in prison. Yeah. Because you're using your power. Yeah. To ruin people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I just don't get that. So. And then because they're celebrities and rich, they can use their power to get out of prison. Yeah. I, well. I just don't like. Yeah. You're a celebrity. Yeah. You could get. You could talk to anybody you want. Why are you talking to 16-year-olds? Yeah. Right? 
And he knew they were. You know what I mean? And he even played, like, pedophiles on his shows, like, as a joke. That, to me, is like, what the... Yeah, right? yeah. So, I don't even know how we got into this subject. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I was talking about movements. Yes, And yes. keeping them real. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because people are going to try and distract us from what's going on. Yeah. Right, which kind of brings me to my next point. That's COVID. Mm-hmm. Right. What are your What are your thoughts on this whole thing? Ugh, COVID. Um, um, it's definitely real. I think it's uh, it's definitely here. It's definitely reality. Is people dying from it? Um, I personally think that this was planned. Um, sort of. I mean, I think that. I think there's something behind the whole story. Yeah, you know? Like released. Yeah. 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 Some, some, yeah. I think something happened and... Oops, um, the bat flew out of the lab. Yeah. Somebody try and stop it. Yeah, I yeah. can't run that fast. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think something along those lines, I think something happened where it mm. was um, released purposely or by accident, but it was, it was something, I think there's something to do with the whole right. thing. Um, and I think that they are dramatizing it a lot more than it should be dramatized. Right. Um, and that kind of has me questioning it as well, mm-hmm. because if they're making it bigger than it really is. They're making it bigger than it. Maybe not. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And usually, what I find with the media is any big story that's going on is something weird going on behind the scenes as well. Right. So, almost as if it's a cover up. Right. Which is kind of interesting because the whole COVID thing is going on now and here this Black Lives Matter thing pops up, right? And it's overtaking COVID on media, on social mm. media, it's overtaking, yeah. you know, so what are they doing with COVID? Are they throwing COVID under the rug? Like you don't hear much about COVID. Yeah. No one like being like, oh, COVID memes, you know, like right, it's, right. it's dying out. It's right. all, everything's Black Lives Matter memes now and right. you know, that's what everybody's talking about. So it's it's very weird that the media will find something bigger to cover up something smaller or something else that's going on. Right. So I, I really think the whole thing is pretty sinister. I think it's this I think there's something going on. I might be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but that's just what I think, right? Well and the other thing too is that like if you think you know, not to sound apocalyptic or anything, <laughs> but the human species were what, at almost eight billion people? Mm-hmm. And you know how we're like, save the earth, save the earth. There's that girl, you know, how dare you? Um, you know, the earth is trying to save us. Yeah. Right? But at some point, it's going to be like, you guys are a lost cause. Like, if an alien flew down here, he'd be like, what the fuck? Fly right <laughs> off, right? You guys can't even get along. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, is this going to bring us closer together? That's or what is I mean. going to keep pulling us apart? I mean, I feel like it should. I feel like it should be pulling everybody closer together. People should make take advantage of the fact that they can be spending time with their families. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you should realize how that someone can die and you can't be able to, like, you won't be allowed to say goodbye to them. So treat them properly from, from the get-go, you know? Um, That's great advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that there's a lot of things we should learn from it. Me personally, 
I needed I needed a break from work and I'm pretty happy that I got laid off. Um, for me, I've been working so hard since I've been mm-hmm. in Canada. So for me, this was just, I think it's just that like what my whole system needed, right. you know, just a reboot, a reboot, uh, like calm down, you, you know, like that's what mm-hmm. I'm looking at it as. Like I, I'm looking at this thing as a break for me, you know, like, like stop, pause, think about life and mm-hmm. figure your stuff out and then get going again. You know, that's what I'm kind of looking at it as. It's, um, I know it's, it's a lot of people that died from it, but for me, it's, it's personally, it's a blessing to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, because you're moving back to South Africa. That's right. Yeah. Right. It, is this because of the, you know, the COVID being laid off that you're like, I'm going back? No, no. This is something that I've decided before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, December, I decided that this is right. kind of what I want to do. Um, yeah, no, I've, uh, it's more because of, um, it's just home and it has a lot more to do with who I am when I'm home, you know, like, um, I can be myself. For example, now I have, when I'm talking, even to you, I talk in a way that you can understand, right? Right. You know, so I'm just like changing a little few words. I do it. Now I'm doing it subconsciously, you know, um, but I am like twisting my accent a little mm-hmm, bit mm-hmm. to make sure you can understand kind of thing, right? Because that's one of, one of the things that when I moved here, I'm talking, I'm like, I'm talking English, right. but it doesn't sound like it, you yeah. know, because my accent was so strong, you know? Is it, is it, is it, is it faster? Would uh, you say your accent in your, uh, Johannesburg? Um, yes, I would normally talk a bit faster because right. I'm just like speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just off. Yeah. My mother tongue kind of thing, right. you know, like, it's just, like, normal for me, you know? Yeah. Like, Scottish people, uh, I don't know what they're saying, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because they have different words for different associations. Yeah, yeah. So, so, kind of my last question. Okay. And it has to do with the pace of Canada. How would you describe the pace of Canada versus the pace of South Africa? Um, it's very interesting because um, summertime pace and wintertime pace is really different over here. Um, wintertime is all about uh, wake up, work, come home, sleep in Canada. Because right? it's dark. It's dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four yeah, o'clock, yeah. it's dark, right? So it's more just get your work done, go home, and it's all about work. Um, I think in the summertime, there's a very relaxed pace about everything you know mm-hmm. everyone's kind of like it's holiday time now let's chill like school's out you know so parents have more time to spend time with the kids it's sunsets late so people come home from work like oh what do you want to do oh let's go to the park yeah, or, yeah you know yeah. like yeah there's still there's tons of daylight so everyone's kind of more on a chill vibe and everyone's just enjoying it you know for a little bit of summer summer yeah. days that we have right the hot days that we get everyone's enjoying it more on a slow pace um I think that in Canada it is surviving and getting ahead in life is a lot harder than it would be in South Africa mm. um, because it is so expensive to live here. Right. Um, extremely, extremely expensive to live here. Um, like you can't, 
if you're working minimum wage or anything under less less than twenty bucks an hour, you pretty much have to be living with somebody. Yeah. Either a roommate or someone else, or like a, a spouse. Well, or housing whatever. here is insane. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. making um twenty five hundred bucks a month and still trying to be able to drive to your job, you can't get a place on your own. Right. Right. So you have to be sharing a house or something along those lines. Um, so it does make it hard to get ahead. Like you have to make sure that you do get a good job or get a good business running so that you can actually get ahead. Right. You know? um, and put some money away to be able to buy a house. And I think once you get to that point, things become a lot easier, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to get, just to get over that little bit of a peak to be able to start saving money is extremely hard in Canada. Right. You know? Um, and that's part of the reason why you're moving back. Um, yes and no. Um, I finally made it to a position in my life where if I want to buy a house in Canada right now, I can buy a house in Canada. You know, credit's good, right. money saved up, everything like that, right? But the one thing I realized about South Africa is, um, again, on the context of the same question, is so when... If you're in South Africa and you're trying to get a job, it's extremely hard to find a job, um, right? Yeah. Poverty is really, really bad in South Africa. It's so hard to find a job. And then there's BEE as well, which I told you about. What does that stand for again? Black, I think it might be Black Education Empowerment. I can't remember. Okay, that. Like okay. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not too sure. Um, but so they... With BEE, they have to fill in certain positions or they have to fill in a certain amount of positions in a company. Right. With, with black, black people, right? Yeah. Which makes sense, especially yeah. because everything was white dominant, right? Yeah. Um, but it does make it hard for me not being black to get a job. And they would know, right? They would say, oh, you're not black. Even yeah. Though, even though you're, you're yeah. half. Yeah, yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah, they mm. would, they, yeah. Cause That's that weird. Color. Yeah. So it's like gone the other way. It has, it has gone the other way. Um, Just based on my observation of what yeah, you're telling me. Yeah, no, I think it has to some extent gone the other way. Um, there's a lot of racist to white people. Um, there was the farm killings and everything like that in South Africa, right? Mm. Um, I definitely do not agree with any of that stuff that's going on. I think it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. But is this, did, did that happen recently? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is um, happening in the past couple of years. Farm killings? Yeah, they've been... Uh, black people have been going into white people's farms and killing them and taking over their farms. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's a huge problem. It's You can't you can't be doing things like that because they, they now they want the land. They think that they have the right to the land, right? Which they don't. Um, and you are creating a problem inside our local... inside South Africa because... You want the land, but you're not a farmer. That farm is there to give us food. Right. But you don't know how to what to do with the food. Right. You, yeah. You know, so um, it is a big problem. It's, it's, it's stupid, right? Yeah. But sorry, I'm going off topic here. Well, no, it's it's still very. It's all related. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in South Africa, getting a job and you don't get paid like you get paid. Pennies in South Africa. But because you're able to save up here. Yes. Oh, okay. Now I can go back to South Africa 
Things yeah. is cheaper in South Africa mm-hmm. to buy things, mm-hmm. to buy a house, to buy businesses. Yeah. So that's my plan. I have my money saved up, so I'm going to go over there and I'm going to start my own thing. I don't want to work for somebody else because I don't want to make work hard and get $1,000 a month. Right. Right. Uh, even that, even a thousand dollars a month is a, like somewhat considered yeah. a good salary. Yeah, here that's like below minimum wage. That's below minimum yeah. wage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, most a lot of people like around average people are earning five to eight hundred dollars a month. Wow. So, but things are cheaper. Things so, housing's a bit cheaper. Hmm. Um. The groceries and so food, I noticed when I went back now, I was astonished how expensive it is. It's insane. It's In almost, South Africa, food. Yeah, it's almost the same price as here, which is ridiculous. I don't know how that... Because of the... Yeah. Um, I don't know how it went up so high, but it's, it's gone super expensive. Um, I really don't know how long, how people are living like that, but... Um, that may be part of the problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's definitely a big problem. What, what's the, the business that you're hoping to start up? So I'm kind of looking into going into student accommodation. So buying a house and uh, hopefully one that's renovated already so I don't have to spend any extra cash. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's set it up for student accommodation. That's like a, like a hotel for students. Basically, yeah. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't I think that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically buying a house and completely renovating it, putting yeah. like 10 rooms inside the one house. Um and you have people staying in shoe, kind of thing, right? Oh, that's yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a common thing in South Africa that's going on, right? right. Especially in the areas that are close to the universities and stuff. And then right? that would be in Johannesburg. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So actually, the area that I grew up in uh, is called Brixton. Brixton. Um, they uh, a lot of the houses. Actually, the house that we were living in is now student accommodation as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, th- so it's a university town then. Uh, not a university town. Um, it's it's just because the university is pretty close by. Right. It's yeah. like sort of in the area, right? Okay. So it's people. Uh, it's not. It's a good place for student accommodation. Right. To right. Set up, right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm just looking at the time here too. It's going red. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's it. Telling us that we should. It's almost over. Wrap up. Do you have any uh, any closing thoughts or anything? Um. Are you gonna miss it here? Oh yeah, no, I'm gonna miss Canada. Oh. Um, oh, I'm gonna miss you. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna yeah. miss you too, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to go snowboarding as well before I left. I, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Not much of a year for that though. But yeah, yeah, I know it wasn't. Yeah. It was bad. Um, but yeah, no, I'm gonna miss Canada. I'm gonna miss the summer times especially. Well, mm-hmm. and winter times for snowboarding. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's beautiful there, man. It's, it's and for the most part, most people are so welcoming and warming and everything. You know, like. I met you like you were super welcoming and warm and everything you know so thank you <laughs> I, I try to make that one of my attributes don't have too many of them so. yeah that and asking a lot of questions yeah <laughs> yes yes yeah. yeah um but yeah no canada's good man and it it's i'm so grateful for it it got me here it got me started mm. um yeah i definitely wouldn't have been where i am today without without being here so I'm really grateful for it um, I probably would have been dead in, in jail if I was still living in South Africa so <laughs> I'm very lucky I'm yeah it's it's a good place to be it definitely got me where I needed to be and got me it made me a much better person you know mm. 
I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Not fun, Bob. Okay, and that was uh, that was excellent uh, scotch as well. <laughs> yeah. So, cheers. Cheers, man. That was good. To South Africa. <laughs> A growing nation, right? <laughs>